Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission, to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. First things first, guys, before we get started with this podcast, do me a solid favor and subscribe to this on whatever platform you're listening to it right now, whether that's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I'd appreciate if you just hit that subscribe button and it lets me know that the content that I'm putting out for you guys is hitting your ears at the right time. Much love. This podcast is sponsored by contentremoval.com. So whether you're looking to remove any images, videos, search results, fake Instagram accounts, get in touch with us at contentremoval.com. Welcome back to the Frankie Lee Podcast UK edition. Today, guys, we have got an absolute banger planned for you, let me tell you. We have the man who has acquired 16 businesses and exited 16 online businesses. Businesses, The man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Thomas Phillips. Welcome to Thank the podcast. Thank you, mate. Pleasure to be here. Mate, it's an absolute pleasure to be in your, <laughs> to be in your humble abode. Not, not temporary accommodation. Your temporary accommodation. <laughs> we're, we're in Bournemouth today. Unbelievable scenes here, to be fair. Like, I've never... It's a... Cl- look... We can't say England gets close to the Gold Coast. We can't. We can't. But, <laughs> this bit, is the but, it, but this is the closest we can get to it. Yeah. Bournemouth in, in the UK. 100%. So uh, is is this your rate? Because obviously you were talking about moving abroad and doing this, that and the other. Is this, yeah. is, is this you settled now? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it's just been traveling so much lately. It's just been such a change of, uh, yeah, change of mindset and change of, situation i guess yeah 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 yeah. sudden change of things but actually that's quite an interesting story why i'm now not moving to california go on i can't remember if i said this to you yeah you haven't told the audience okay (laughs) i can't remember if i've told you or not but i was in marbella randomly and then seeing one of my friends there and i was trying to find protein bars right and i couldn't find any anywhere and i was like right there's a petrol station servo i'll go there and they, they're bound to have them. Went there, they didn't have any protein bars. But there was this dude washing a Rolls-Royce Cullinan, and it looked like brand new. And I thought, either he is super humble dude, he's washing his own car, or he's the valetor of it. Either way, I'll go speak to him. And I spoke to him. Turns out he's a massive Irish businessman. He gave me half hour of his time drying his car, and I just asked him every question under the sun. Like, Every possible thing, you know, what would you do if you did everything all over again? Here's my situation. What would you do if you were in my shoes? Everything that you know now. And, um, yeah, he basically convinced me to stay in the UK. Well, I wasn't in the UK, but come back to the UK and become a UK tax resident again. And why did he, what, what, what was the reasoning behind that? He was so bullish on property. Because right. I was asking a bunch of property questions as well as, and that's how he'd made his money through land. And, and changing it to, you know, permission I, of use. I love how we started here because that just proves to every one of you listening, like, it doesn't matter what level you get. To, like, Thomas has, like, exited, bought and exited 16 online businesses and we'll go into all that and how all that's unfolded. We will go into all that. But the fact is he's still willing to ask these questions of people, like, that, you know, other people wouldn't ask. And I think that mm. that's where you learn a lot of, 
you learn so much wisdom from being willing to ask people the questions. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Because I originally I drove into the petrol station, went in, and I saw this guy, and I drove, went to drive out, and I knew, I knew I'd feel worse if I drove off than if I just went up and spoke to him. Same thing with like when you approach a chick, you know, you'll feel so much worse if you don't go and do it. Yeah. Then if you do and just get rejected anyway, and probably half the time you, you won't get rejected anyway. So you'll learn something and it will just build your confidence. But I think it just goes to prove though that you can learn something from everybody. Oh, hundred percent. And absolutely. It's like, you know, that, that, that guy's, that guy's, you've been able to, he's been able to impart some wisdom in you. Yeah. I mean, just to, just to roll it back from that and then we'll go back even further as well. Cause I want to, I want to go right the way back and start, you know, hear about your child and coming through and coming into entrepreneurship but just going back to give people a bit of context you'd obviously um decided to you know at this point to go to america mm. you'd obviously built these 16 brands you'd exited them you know you, you you thought your life was in america you come did, did he kind of like paint the picture then of what you'd kind of be missing out on in terms of like the things you could achieve in property here if you just focused is that what is that kind of what what came through yeah so he was basically like obviously we're coming into a recession now if not we already are the if if i moved i give up my ability to get uk mortgages as easily and at the lower percent of what you can get them at so you can get like an expat mortgage but you're percentage would be a lot higher so it costs a lot more to get the same amount of money yeah um and i wouldn't be able to view property as quickly or jump on deals as quick as quick as i would have been able to so yeah and and if i moved to california now like the the cost of living of where i'd want to be is, is astronomical in comparison to like living here so i can reduce my cost of living right down still be in a really really nice place but have the ability to buy property more as and, and when it comes up. Yeah, so that that whole thing we were talking about earlier in terms of opportunity cost. So the opportunity cost is, yeah, I'm delaying moving to California or I don't quite move to California, who knows? I can still live there four months out of the year, which is kind of the best, bo- best of both worlds. And I don't get taxed, worldwide tax in America, which is an absolute nightmare. Yeah kicking the nuts because every UK company has to turn into a pass-through entity and then you get taxed differently and you have to do like IRS bookkeeping for all your UK companies and whatever other other companies you have in the world as well it just turns into like a financial turns into yeah into a complete financial mismatch and then you got yeah. all the, you got all you've added all these extra cost and you've took away your 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 most leverageable point which is able which is access to the, to the money to be able to go and make these acquisitions in the market as it comes down. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I mean, shout out to Richard that that's, that's the dude. It, I'm going to send this to him after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cause he would love that. Um, yeah. Like he was messaging on WhatsApp after like, Oh, watch this video, watch this, you know, yeah. learn about this, this particular thing. But he's basically like, yeah, you, you give up so much, um, you know, you lose your ability to to move on mm. on those kind of things by moving. So I on a I know exactly what you're saying because of the situation that I'm in. And, you know, I was mortgage free at 30 years old and all that stuff, paid all that off. But now I've got property 
with money tied up and I've mm. got to pull money out and it's like it's a nightmare because I'm based in Australia and yeah and, uh, yeah and then you know I've got assets here but then I'm taxed over there mm. and it's just it's it's been a complete I've lost so many opportunities in in business and property and everything else from being from being structured how I am yeah it's why yeah. it's why it's why at this moment in time I'm going through a lot of thinking strategically okay where are you going to be how are you going to structure yourself so that you can operate and and take advantage of these opportunities that you get given? yeah it's so important that, yeah because we we all we all we're all quick to jump at shiny mm. objects mm. and then and then we jump at these shiny objects and then we find out oh shit actually that's just cost me all this opportunity that i've yeah. been, that i've spent 10 years building up to this point yeah. to be able to access that capital yeah access those those rates and all this stuff and then I've just gone on a whim and I've just gone and put myself over here and just had to start scratch again. Yeah. It's like, as we were saying earlier, you know, when people go out and just buy a supercar and then all your <laughs> cash and all your monthly outgoings or a good portion of it is then invested into, you know, a car when you could have actually gone, oh, actually, I could have bought a property or two with that and then use that money to then buy a car. I think... The wealthiest people that me and you both know operate on an entirely different blueprint to the mm. people that go out and buy the type of supercars that you're probably talking about, like the Lambos and this mm. and the other. Like a lot of people in this country that we both know that are are the the hundreds of millions, mm. they're not going out buying Lambos. No. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, I you think t- they think it's laughable. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. That's the truth. They, they yeah. do. They yeah, do. They, 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 they. I mean, someone who who I know the son of, but you know that you know the father of. His father's worth X amount of hundred millions. And you were saying earlier, like if you turned up at his house with a Lambo, he'd he'd laugh you off the driveway because he wanted what he'd rather you gone and bought more property than to, yeah. To have, I think he'd internally laugh. But yeah, he definitely, uh, you know, like, yeah, he would. He'd probably say, you know, you could have done, you, you could have done something way better with that money. Like, yeah. why? Why have you? you it, it, it's it, kind of like you're wasting it. It, it. It's something that a lot of them have said to me as well. It's like when you, I've had the opportunity to sit down with a lot of, um, some some really wealthy e-commerce business owners and brand owners and a lot of them they have nice cars don't get me wrong they have nice cars there's, there's nothing wrong with having a nice car and all that stuff they get, I get that but they, but they what they did in their younger days compared to how they move now is con- completely different and contextualised mm. the wisdom that you pick up off these people is the fact of like you know it isn't about that it's, yeah. not, it's not even that's not even the game mm. the game's about like we do this now because we enjoy it and we like yeah. to create these flows but it's not even about that's just a big fugazi for Instagram. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah, a di- that's, a diff- that's a different level of the game. There's no generational wealth being built there. Yeah, you know, you, you, you're almost pissing it away. So when we, so taking it way back, how did your entrepreneurial journey start in the first place? Like, how did 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 you, did you initially have a job and then go into entrepreneurship, or, or did you just start straight in entrepreneurship? Yeah, so I I remember my dad working insanely hard like for 19 years he went to london which was like a one and a half two hour journey each way to go into london to you know to work and that like work ethic i think i saw and i was like okay well this is the baseline you know but i don't want to work 
not not like that hard but I don't want to work to that degree where I'm stressed and you know potentially you have health issues from from that level of stress you know so I always saw that work ethic growing up and then the soonest thing the earliest thing I remember was I like as in like a proper business yeah like we were I used to actually no let me back up way before that I I remember I was at school and I was selling Freddo so my mum worked she she was like ran the brownies she had like the brownie pack or whatever like the, the cubs or beavers or whatever and she had a booker's card so you could get um, food at a discount like wholesale so I used to go in there with her buy Freddo's for under 10p and then go into school the next day and then sell them and then I started to systemize it more where I was taking orders on MSN the night before so I knew how many to take in so I took pre-orders that was kind of like the first uh, initial thing then we did like you know me and my mate Howard were washing cars and things like that and then when I was 13 so I just started year seven i was making little um three ply wooden fingerboards like tech decks yeah like little skateboards and yeah so bu- building them in the garage you know had like a, a mold and everything like that glue them overnight sand them all down had like a you know a, a full website and everything's called vision decks and in the first year sold to 39 countries 39 different countries and then um yeah it got so busy i just had to close it down I just couldn't keep up with the orders. And then I bought a motocross bike <laughs> with my profits. So, so yeah, you, made thousands out, you made thousands out of those skateboards? Yeah, I me- well, I, me- I remember the the motocross bike was a grand. Yeah. And I was I just turned 14. But yeah, it just got so busy I had to stop it. So that was my first experience in e-com, SEO, and actually like... Yeah, building something online. So I'd like a little PayPal button. So you weren't even you weren't even running ads for that. So you were generating that all for SEO, yeah? Yeah. No, it's literally only in the past year and a half I've got into ads. It's always been SEO. So that's been that was like my first experience where you could keyword stuff the page. And I was ranking for like finger skateboard grip tape and finger skateboard bearing wheels and stuff like that. Because you because you Obviously, SEO was one of your main businesses back in the mm. day. Obviously, one of, probably one of your initial businesses was link building, right? Yeah. Well, we've always done link building to the sites. And then it got the outreach got so big that, yeah, we then decided to do uh, a link building agency alongside that. But it's always been I've done SEO for my own sites. But this is where you started to get to get the learning learning in. So you progress through school. You're building these websites. You yeah. pat, you, you you juice them all up with SEO to get sales, mm. and that's what you did all through from like thirteen, fourteen years old. Yeah. So I remember then the next one. So then, yeah, that kind of obviously worked. I had to close it down. Didn't understand about hiring people or anything at that point. Obviously thirteen, and then I remember I got a job at McDonald's. Absolute worst job ever. I was there for three months and I was like, this is so crap that I had to figure out another way of doing something. So I was playing a lot of Call of Duty at the time and I was seeing that people had like a, a pistol and they were rapid fire shooting it. I was like, how the fuck are they doing that? There's no way you can move your finger that quick. So I searched it online. Turns out, well, basically they then evolved into this business where people were sending me their Xbox controllers I programmed the microchip, opened up their controller, soldered everything in, drilled a hole in the back, put a little micro switch button, and then sent it back to them. 
and then I was earning like four times as much an hour doing that. It was called Digimods, was the little thing. Uh, and then I was like, yeah, fuck McDonald's, I'm going to quit this and just carry on doing this. So I did that for like five months through my website and eBay. And then, um, yeah, someone priced, priced me out of it. I couldn't make any profit on it anymore. So I just moved on to the next thing. And then, yeah, I've just done years and years of like importing things from China and just like building eBay stores and all kinds of different things. And I had another another big thing when I was 17, 18 maybe, when Bitcoin was just blowing up for like the first time. Um, me and my friend built a Bitcoin miner, which was really, really decent. It was basically just like a PC, just like, like a, uh, a PC tower. Yeah. And we mined three Bitcoin in a month. Which is just mad, like, obviously, well, obviously today <laughs> it's, it's not worth now. so much, but yeah, yeah a month ago. Um, and then we were seeing that, like, Litecoin was just starting to kind of make the news. Yeah. And that was becoming more popular. And I was like, okay, I want to build a Litecoin miner. How do I do that? So I was looking at all these different things online, like people have uploaded tutorials and stuff. And there was, like, this one cable that you couldn't get. It's called a PCI cable. Yeah. And you couldn't buy it anywhere in the UK. You could only buy it from China. So I was like, okay, this is interesting. And they're selling for 60 quid on eBay. And there's one seller. And I was like, huh. So I went on, you know, spoke to my previous contacts from China. And um, yeah, they were like, oh yeah, you can, you know, we can ship you a cable for four quid or something. And I was like, okay. there's a profitable business here. Yeah, so I ordered like five, put them on eBay. And they sold, I think it was like within one or two days. And I was like, holy shit. Okay. And I just, I was just messaging them. And then my orders were just getting progressively bigger and bigger because people were buying these cables because they wanted to build miners. Uh, and then I built Litecoin mining parts, ranked that for number one for Litecoin mining parts. And then, so it was in lightningminingparts.com. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, and then I was selling all these cables. And then I was like drop shipping other people's like 3,000 pound um, like actual miners and then I was making money off of that so then that just like absolutely blew up because you know it was, it was riding a trend type thing so yeah that just went through the roof and I just remember um, uh, at, at my house was just like oh, there's actually a picture somewhere I've got like stacks of boxes like my mate Jack will <laughs> remember this because we used to live together and it was just like stacks of boxes of cables and then every day I'd go to the um, post office with two massive sacks full. And then I like employed my sister as well because my organization skills were terrible. She's really good at organizing. So I paid her like a quid per packet. Yeah. She like fully organized everything. Boom, boom, boom. Put everything in. And then, yeah. And then she started to do it. So you'd already, you'd already recruited her as a staff member by that point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Emma. Brilliant. But mate, that, that, that just goes to show you how willing you've you've been just to like keep throwing shit at the wall to see what works. Yeah, oh, it's absolutely. Like, when you spot an opportunity, you got to absolutely go for it. Not think, not have like an analyst par- paralysis or whatever it is, where you analyze something so much and then you never take action on it because you've thought of every possible thing that could go wrong. Is that what you feel holds most people back? Absolutely. There's so many people. I speak to some of my friends and. I'm like, fucking take action. Like, come on, you could have, you like, six months worth of talking about it. You could have been six months ahead. 
you know, there's yeah. a lot of people. I think a lot of people are also scared to take that leap with things. Yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of because you know majority of people that listen to this, or you know, there'll be a lot of entrepreneurial people that listen to this, but some people will be in will be in jobs and that, and it's very you can you can get very safe in a job. Yeah, you can get yeah. very safe and very secure, and you want more for yourself, and you know there's more in you, and you know you can do more, and you, and you just fucking there's something there, but you just won't fucking just take that first step. Yeah, and it's it, it's like if you're listening to this and that is you, and I've just described you, then then I'm telling you now, like on you're gonna have to, you know, Thomas has thrown lots of shit at lots of different things, yeah. <laughs> made a few thousand pounds here, lost a bit there done this done that failed at this set this up not gone right rolled this down the road that didn't yeah. work all that stuff that you've done yeah but then you every time you do that say you build a mm. you build say you built litecoin machines.com whatever yeah. and then you're selling parts and then say it fails or say it makes 14 grand it fails yeah what people fail to understand is in my experience is like the fact of like you've just learned how to build a shopify store 100% and yeah. you don't lose that. No. You've just learned that. And you've been paid to learn. Even if you broke even, you've just learned that skill for fuck all. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is what I was saying to a few mates the other day. Like, even if you fail, I don't even see it as a fail. It's, it's just a learning. You're paying to learn at that point. And you can't, you can't go to uni to learn that. You can't pay to learn that in uni. You know, you just have to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, and you probably will fail, but, you know. I guess our, our risk tolerance is maybe lower than most. Yeah, I th- yeah. I mean, <laughs> when I think about how many when I think about how many dice I've rolled in life, yeah. on a personal level, even the dice that I'm rolling now with everything I'm doing with this podcast, it's like so. I think if people knew how much money and effort and time I'd put into it, they'd, yeah. be, they'd be questioning me right now. But but uh, but, yeah, but, I, but, but but you know, but, but I know, but yeah. I but because I know yes. in my heart of hearts, yes. that it's that it's that this is me, yeah, and this lights me up. Yeah. I'm like I can justify it, 100%. and I will go and find yeah. other ways to earn revenue to keep rolling. I'm all I basically do every day, Thomas. Right, is I get up and I kick the fucking can further down the road than the day before. Yeah. And not every day, some days I might move it a, a, a millimetre, yeah. some days I might kick it 10 metres, yeah. but it's getting kicked. And yeah. that's all I want everyone that listens to this podcast to do, is just kick that fucking can as far down that road as possible, yeah. keep kicking it. That's it. That consistency of it, just grinding it out. It's because it, you know in your head and your heart that it's going to be successful and it's going to be huge. Yeah, I can see it yeah, when you talk yeah. about it. The passion in your face yeah. lights up. <laughs> and that's exactly the same if I think back on any project that I've done that has been successful in the end. Yeah. Is because, yeah, you're just like, I'm willing to burn everything. I'm willing to go to absolute zero to make this work. And it will absolutely work. There's just, no two ways about it. Just for a bit of an indication, how many websites and online businesses did you start, build, and <laughs> shut down? Hold on. Yeah. Before, before you sold one and made a profit out of it. Before you'd made a profit on the... Uh, to, before you'd made real money out of, out of a business and then sold one and made real money on the exit. Oh. So it's actually... This is interesting because maybe a year or so ago, I made a whole document of every business that I'd started and what I'd learned from it. And there was about 25 or 30 successful ones. And I couldn't even count the number of failures or lessons that I'd had. It's, it's at least a hundred. Is that, is that, is that a document you'd be willing to share? 
I'd have to re-review. <laughs> I'd have to review what I've got in there. Um, I want to. Yeah, read I it. mean, I'm sure. Yeah, if I, yeah. well, yeah, maybe, I think maybe it, I think, you can make that little lead magnet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just think, I just think there's a lot, there's a lot, of, there'd be a lot of learnings in that that save the audience a lot of time. Oh, 100 percent. I, I actually, I totally forgot that I did that. I've only just remembered, so I need to reread that as well because it's really, really interesting to to see. And there's, it's, it's a lot of a similar sort of things like. SEO so it's like figuring out a traffic source I think if you can I'm going to say this to the camera because this is important like if you can figure out a traffic source yeah then you you can literally go into anything because you know let's say Facebook ads is a very popular one you don't need to run Facebook ads for one particular niche and that's it if you know Facebook ads you know how to run traffic to anything yeah it's the same thing with seo yeah yeah you know i could run you know i could i could sell leads to someone i could sell e-com stuff i could do affiliate i could do whatever it doesn't matter what niche it is you learn that traffic source and you can apply it to anything so that in my opinion that is like the key thing to learn so for me that's been seo i've learned seo and now i can start any type of business you know, fucking like like coin mining parts, like how random, you mm. know. Like but it, but it, finger skateboards. You know, but so. if I said if if I said to you, hey, Tom, Tom, I found this this epic lighting uh, lighting product, mm. um, and we can get it for this, and I think it can sell for this. You'd be like, yeah, no worries, we'll build that website, and we can drive organic traffic to it mm. because because I know how to do this, this, and this, and this because I failed. 15 16 times mm. years ago and then I learned this and I learned this. Yeah. It's like yeah. all them all them compounded learnings allow you to to then go and find those you know 100%. you've you've perfected SEO and SEO's changing all the time but you perfected mm. SEO which has driven um your main source of all your traffic and all your revenue for years. Yeah. You learned that by by building these 14 15 16 times before you ever sold one and made money on it. Mm. Which which is mad Absolutely, which is yeah. mad when you think about it because most people would have failed a couple of times and and, and been despondent with it. Yeah, but you just kept fuck this. But you, yeah, <laughs> you and gone fuck this. But you've kept kept going. I mean, what what is it that has kept you going? What is it that's kept me going? Oh, that's a very good question. What is it that's kept me going? Oh, I don't know. I just love it. I just love the the. The hustle of it, I guess. But 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 why? There must be there must be some there must be something that's. What, what's that, what's, <laughs> Here we go. Four four questions. People will get to it. Yeah yeah. No. What um, what, what, what is it that, that really that I, you know I really want to know because and I listen mm. to your story and and knowing what I know and knowing what we're going to transpire through this podcast, it's like why have you kept going when other people would have stopped? I don't. I I think it's because I don't know what else I'd do. I genuinely enjoy it so much. I could not imagine myself doing anything else. But what is it you enjoy about it? You enjoy working out how to find these pieces I, put together, or, or what is it? What is it that really lights it up? I enjoy learning a massive amount. I enjoy networking a massive amount. I'm I'm just an extremely curious person. So, you know, like approaching that that you know that guy richard with the with the rolls royce and that like okay he's obviously got somewhere well i might be able to find a nugget in there 
you know, he might say something that might then help me, you know, two steps time. So I just love learning about that. And I just love running a team. I love learning, love running a team. I love systems and processes. Um, yeah. I love making money. Like that's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a, I know. And, pe- and people, people, when, when people, when some people say that they love making money, like I, I love making money too. And when people say that, some people, you look at you like you've said a dirty word. And it's like, yeah, it, I guess, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's not, it's not even that, like you can, you can, you can love all things and still love making money. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's not, yeah, like, yeah. it's not like it's a, it shouldn't be a forbidden fruit to want to make money. No, you know what I hundred mean? percent. No, Especially if you're doing it in a, in a ethical way. Like that's really why, um, printed memories, my last latest company, I didn't want to just set up another for profit company. So we, we literally plant a tree for every order that's made. We partner with Ecology, and every order it immediately gets siphoned off. This is like before I make profit. Yeah. So, you know, regardless of if I'm making profit or not, it's planting a tree. Um, and then you can go on their site, and you can literally see the exact tree that that you are planting. You can see your order, click on it, and you can see on Google Maps exactly where it's going to be planted. So it's like super legit, which is really nice. So, but it feels a lot better because yeah. like on my vision board for the company for example is like pictures of forests of trees because I'm like that is such a cool thing to do over just like oh that's another like for profit company you know so it's like adding another level of of a why like why am I doing that so you make you make you, you basically, basically what you've learned is to make your companies about more than you so yeah. even though you're making a profit, you're actually doing. You can actually feel a tangible growth on the back of it. Yeah, hundred percent. Because, like, how cool is that? How many people could say, "Oh, yeah, we plant a forest worth of trees," from from the company? Oh, that's just cool. I think that's cool. No, no. <laughs> people, people, if, if 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 people aren't planting trees, the world's going to lose. The world's the oxygen will run out in the world anyway. Like people have yeah. to plant trees. Yeah. Like, it's not like it's not like we we don't. I mean, you're choosing to do it, which is, which is good, and, and that's and that's on your vision. That's cool. But like, if we don't, if the world, if someone, if there wasn't people like you who sell this and then plant a tree every time they sell one, yeah. If there wasn't that going on, then obviously the world, the world's going to be a pretty bleak place because we're cutting down yeah, to guess, the trees, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like, when you think about it like that, yeah. But I want to go. I want to dive into this vision board. Like, how how mm. are you planning? Because obviously, like, us, we're speaking to a lot of these top people that I'm speaking to, including yourself. Mm. It's like a lot of them do kind of have this vision board and do kind of obviously they put a lot of work in but they seem to attract this into their life they seem to attract oh, 100%. they seem to like manifest stuff into their life mm. whether whether they call it manifesting or not is not the same when i listen mm. to them speak that's what they're telling me yeah even though they might not call it that yeah is that is that how are you building out this vision board and bringing this stuff into your life in your opinion yeah so I'm I'm a very visual person, so I have to see it. So I learn really well from like watching videos um, of things. So for me, a vision board is is a really good way of like attaching something that is tangible in the future to something now in my head of that I can repeatedly think about. Yeah, um, and that really came from like the secret. So shout out to Andy for that, showing me that the secret years ago. He's kind of like, okay, you're at 
I think your mindset's now at the right place where you would fully understand this and you could really roll with it. So learning like that side of things, like just watching The Secret on like a very basic level. Have you have you watched? Yeah, the yeah, I have, yeah, yeah. Ronda, Ronda, Australian. Ronda, yeah, Ronda, Ronda something rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've watched it. Yeah, um, and yeah, just learning that on like a very basic level. And then I must have rewatched it at least fifteen times because there's so every time I rewatch it, there's so many more things that come up. But if you just watch it without the right mindset you go oh well you just think about shit and then it just happens well that doesn't happen you know what i mean and, yeah. but you've got to you've got to act it it misses like quite a few points but you have to rewatch it to understand the nuances yeah yeah to understand like the deeper level of what it's actually saying so like having a vision board right okay i'm now picturing what i want right and then i'm acting on things that might come up you know, to, to, to get that. And it might be totally different things. But then, you know, you're then jumping in on, oh, this is interesting. Let me try that. It's like a nudge from the universe. Like that guy in my bed, you know. You felt. I drive, yeah, drive past and I'm like, oh, something is telling me I need to speak to this dude. And my life could have gone in a totally different direction. Had you not spoken to him. Had I not spoken to him. And that, and that, and that what, what, you're, what, you're, what you're feeling that pull in regards to talking to that guy, mm. that's like an internal wisdom that you feel in your gut the, the, you, that some people choose to ignore. Yes. Yeah. And that, the more you ignore it, the worse you feel. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And one thing with vision boards that I've found that a lot of people get wrong with vision boards is mm. I, I only realized this the other day, I built a vision board a couple of years ago and I achieved, I achieved a lot on that vision mm, board. Amazing. I, yeah. And I'd never realized it until the other day. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's ironic that we're speaking about this. I built a vision board in Australia. I, um, I had quite a few things on it, um, in terms of business, in terms of podcast guests and mm. all this other stuff. There was a woman on it as well. And I dated that chick for a period of time. Mm. And I didn't even know her at the time she was on the vision board. So that was, mad. <laughs> it was, it was Excellent. mad. It was mad. It was mad. That's a totally different story now. That's done. But anyway, the fact of the matter is what I realized was it's not just about having a vision board. Mm. It's about feeling how it would feel and how these things would feel on yes. this vision board. And yes. that is the one thing that most people miss. Uh- Absolutely. They, they don't sit there and not only think about the vision that they'll have and, and, and how their life might look in certain situations in life. It's like, mm. how does that fucking feel to you? Yeah. How does that, because that is that feeling and that elevation of feeling that leads you to attracting those things into exactly. your life. Exactly. Yeah. It, and I miss that fucking component for years. Yeah. I think a lot of people do, especially when you watch The Secret and you watch it from a surface level point. Yeah. They only briefly touch on the emotional side of it. That's the most important part. It is. It honestly is. Yeah, because when... Oh, it's just so funny. Yeah. I I do it now subconsciously without thinking about it. But at the start, it, it took a lot of effort to really um, really think how it would feel. Like the amount of time... I can't even tell you how many times I've like driven the car that I've then gone on to buy. Like physically. Because I know they do that in the secret. And I was like... Oh, that looks stupid. Yeah, I'm going to try that because that's cool. <laughs> you know? So you've gone, you've gone somewhere to drive the car physically. No, no, no. I've been in your mind. Sat there. I've been in bed or something. Yeah, 
oh, the amount of things like just before I go to bed, I'll think about so many things. Maybe that's why I get crap sleep. But I'm like picturing what it will be like. You know, it's just even like the the you, you've the got stupidest, yeah. Like yeah. ones like this is just jokes. Like, um, like lying in bed, but being over to one side because I'm picturing the the my girlfriend who you know to be who's going to be next to me so yeah. to speak like yeah and that level of like deep emotion thinking about it just just speeds up the manifestation process so much quicker yeah which is really really interesting and it's and it's not i mean you got i think you got five 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 top end cars now haven't you at the moment yeah yeah so it's not it's, it's, so so it's true because every one of them started yeah. off as a vision, right? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So everything, everything is because I remember like like um, my car earlier that we were in. I had like the exact pictures of it, and then yeah, I think it was maybe two years later. Then what I, then the I one that we that. went into? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah, oh mate, it's just crazy to think about. Maybe two years ago now. I had this huge vision board. I went on Pinterest and just created like the biggest thing. There must have been like a hundred pictures. Yeah. Um, and there were so many different things on it. And one of them was obviously the GTR 34s. And then, yeah. And then, uh, and a 458 Spider. And then so many other things like different trips that I wanted to do or holidays or staying in like different and places. You, and, and you got them all? Yeah, well, they're coming. I'd yeah, say yeah. a good fifty percent of them have have already have already come to fruition. Manifested, yeah. It's so interesting to, as you said, like when you go back and look at it, you know, because I haven't really thought about that for a while. Because I've been in a place where I've had a vision board up, I mm. can just picture what I've had, and it's even like to the to the like exact four fifty KTM motorbike in the exact colors and i i've been like holy shit i bought the exact outfit to that dude in that picture because i thought that was that's cool as fuck yeah and and then i was like oh shit this works so well for like personal things will it work why have i never done it for business (laughs) yeah and then that's really when i was like oh okay let me make a separate one right so i want all the trees on here you know like i want um different pictures of like me with my team obviously it's not me but you know i'm visualizing myself doing yeah. that and and having these different experiences with my team and like you know building things up and like entrepreneurship award entrepreneur of the year award and stuff like that like yeah it's just things like that 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 really juices me up the the a few weeks ago well even a few months ago maybe i, I sat down and thought I need to start talking on stage. I need mm. to start talking on some of the biggest stages in the world. That's that. I believe I'm built for that. Hundred percent. You got the silky voice for it. I reckon. I reckon. I reckon that's a bit of me. You know. I reckon. I reckon I could do that. So. I th- so I thought to myself. I sat there and I um, did some breath work and I uh, visioned it and I visioned it and mm. I felt it. Mm. I felt it. Anyway, I felt it. I was there. Boom, boom, boom. A few weeks go by. Been mulling it over in my head. Mm. When I go on runs. Thinking about a bit, and then a few, and then another week goes by. Get a call from my mate. Mm. Um, I'd love you to speak at this one of the biggest fitness events in Europe. It's in Portugal. 
I love your speaker. I was like, sweet, that's my speaking career started. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, you know, we'll, we'll fly you there. We'll put you up in this hotel. You're there for four days. We want you to talk about what you've been doing in podcasting. Da, 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 mm. Boom, 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 boom. We love what you do. Crack on. Boom. Yeah. Here's an invite. Yeah. I thought, mad. That's, that's yeah. mad. Yeah. And I, it's just so many things. Um, when I'm when I'm in flow like that, and when I'm thinking like that, and when I'm visioning like that, like mm. what you're saying, it, my life is so much better, bro. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. It feels so much better Take, on a daily basis. As takes well. away my takes away like any like anxiety, excitement, which is the same thing. I yeah. try and explain to people. Mm. It takes away all of that. It takes away all of that. So, do you think that is because you were thinking about it each day? Do you think that thinking about it then reduces your mm. Anxiety? No, 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 no. Sure so so, so mani- man- manifestation or any what we're talking about is this: it's thinking about what you want on the physical, on the mm. on the on the on the active plane. You think about what you want, so you thought about it. Think, oh, that that's what that's what I want. Then you ask yourself why you want it. Mm. Make sure it's aligned with the right reasons. So then you get at that point. Now it's about feeling how that will feel. Mm. So you feel how that feels. Once you feel how that feels and you've put it out into the world that you want to do that, you don't need to think about it anymore because thinking about it actually puts it further away from you. Mm. Right? You don't need to think about it. You felt it. Yeah. Feeling it's different to thinking about it. Thinking's active. Feeling it's an internal thing. Totally different. Because you, you only need to ask for it once. Yeah. yeah. You don't to keep asking. No. Don't to keep... It's not even... It's, it's not just about asking. It's about taking taking action towards... Um, the the things that, the opportunities that come up in your life to to move things forward to kick that can further down the road like I said yeah, yeah. but it's about feeling it bro mm. there's, there's a, there is a, there is inherent things I, I I mean I don't know about you but I I am very excited for what's for what's coming in life because absolutely I, because yeah. I because I fell into a lot of stuff bro like and mm. I know what's coming man yeah I know what's yeah. coming with everything I'm doing that's yeah. that's why I keep going man. Excellent. And and it just and it, it it's like I was when we were walking back from the beach earlier and we were yeah. coming to sit down to do this podcast, I was getting more and more buzzed because I know this is another step towards my my vision. Yeah. Do you know Excellent. what I mean? I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 if you can find something or or just just start to put those things together, whatever that is for you that's mm. listening to this. And it might and this is the thing, right? The reason why I wanted to talk into this with you today is because like you've You've built and exited 16 online businesses. Mm. You've made a lot of money. You've got property. You've got beautiful cars. You've got all this stuff going on in your life. And you do it, right? Mm. And you're talking about doing it. And you do it in your life. And I talk about doing it. And there's other people that I know that have lots and lots of things, lots of beautiful things in their life and Mm. lots of beautiful achievements in their life. And they do it too. Some of them don't even know what it's called, but they do it. Absolutely, yeah. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. Every, every well, this is the thing that, that right. It doesn't matter whether Davy Fogarty, who owns Udi, three hundred and fifty yeah. million dollars a year US. It doesn't matter whether Davy Fogarty knows manifest. It's called manifestation or not. I can tell you by speaking to him yep. and and on and off off a camera that he has manifested the life that he has 100% I know it because because I listen to the way he talks about stuff and mm. I'm like that's manifestation yeah and that's 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 the key thing I've noticed about all successful people yeah absolutely because you can't you can't be successful not you know just floating around doing nothing and not thinking about what you want because then you'll never get 
what you want. Well, have you, you don't know what you how's want. about this then, right? To all of you that are listening to this that might doubt what I'm saying or might have any seed of doubt of what I'm saying, so I want you to imagine one thing. Have you ever thought about a bad thing in your life that's going to happen or that, that hasn't happened and then it's turned out to be true? That's manifestation too, but yeah. that's compounding in the other way. In the wrong way. Yeah. And that's and that's that's the truth. You can attract either way. That's 100%. that's so your mind your mind and what you think about attracts in both directions. So why would you think negatively? Yeah. Is what I'm trying to fundamentally say. I actually had an experience where I negatively attracted breaking my ankle. And it was really, really interesting. And when I thought when I reverse engineered how the events leading up to that point, I was like, Wow. That's insane. Break that down. But like, I know it's, I know, break, so, it's not to break that down for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically I had, I mean, it's so funny. It was like through my own company, but I had a, um, like a pro scooter company, like push scooters for kids, right, at a yeah. skate park and fully like developed the product and everything, got them all shipped over. Uh, it's called Rilla Scooters. And um, we had like a, like a team of like athletes and stuff. It was like touring around and shit. It was really, really, really cool. And I remember um, I was living actually around here and there was lots of like little things. It was coming up to the summer and like I remember seeing someone with a broken leg with like a cast. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, that would be terrible. That would ruin your, like ruin your summer if that happened. And then for some reason I thought that and then it like you kept nagged, thinking it. Yeah, it nagged me. I kept thinking about it. And then I kept seeing people who had because you're thinking about it. it. Yeah, because your reticular activating system in your head or whatever then sees it, Blue Honda, oh, I see Blue Hondas all the time, whatever. And and then I remember um, the, the, the guys were like, oh, yeah, come down to the skate park. And I was like, that night I was like, oh, I don't know, like, I, I don't know if I want to go. You know, something just doesn't feel right. And I was like, oh, fuck it. But you, you know ignored what? it. Just, yeah, I ignored it. And I went and I went there. And I was like, oh, I had a really bad feeling. I was like s- scooting around, and, you know, sounds so funny. Um, and I was just like, oh, something doesn't feel right. And I was getting really angry. Like I was getting really aggy at like these little kids and stuff. And I was like, fuck this, I'm just going to go over there. And for some reason, I put my foot on the scooter at the weirdest angle, went down this big rolling just to go off to the side, put my other foot on the rear brake, the back slid out. And my foot just caught. All my weight went over it and it just went, like my whole ankle just went. And um, never broken a bone in my life. And this was about six years ago, maybe five, six years ago. And um, yeah, they were like, oh, that's like the worst break we've ever seen in an ankle. And I've got like two pins in there and I've got like a, a plate with, seven pins in so, so you fully you fully believe you attracted that a hundred a hundred percent there's no way i didn't because it, and i was thinking about it so much in a negative way and i couldn't shake it it was really bizarre and it and because i'd experienced it in a positive way and you know you like can't shake that like feeling, excitement that yeah feeling. yeah the feeling of it of it happening but the opposite way is insane it's really yeah. bizarre and then i and then i was lying in hospital and i was like like how did this happen <laughs> and i was like oh 50 percent of my brain has been filled with like oh that would be terrible to break it before and it was just before the summer mm. as well 
And then I ended up, it was funny, I, I launched the company from my hospital bed a day after I'd had the operation, like launched the website and launched everything because we had all the stock in. It was just so funny. It was like a, such a weird experience. It was so bizarre. I had to like relearn to walk and shit. But yeah, and it like really put put me back. But then I just had to get on with it and just carry, you know, carry on. But it was just, it was a bizarre thing. The, the, the Back in 2020, when I when I was doing that vision board that I was mm. telling you about, I did this vision board and obviously I had the woman, I had the cars that I wanted and all this stuff. Not so much cars. I had a car on there and I got the car and all that stuff. It's all good. Anyway, what the one mistake I made, especially mm. on the on the the attracting the female thing, is I went completely for like the look and everything like that. Mm. I went look. I didn't. What I missed was all the other all the, all the yeah. other all the other things and how and how it feels to have, be cared about and all this kind of, all yeah. the stuff that everyone yeah, forgets yeah. about, right? We all forget about. We just go for this. Oh, it looks great over here, like yeah. so it looks. But how do you yeah. want to feel? How do you want to be treated by this person? What do you, you know, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. all this stuff that's so important, but you just completely miss it. And then when I, when I attracted that person in that was all missing mm. and why was it missing because i'd never visioned that i just visioned the the good looks and all this other shit yeah right which yeah. is which is great which but that's only half the battle yeah so when you when you make a vision board make the vision board um the first thing i'd say about a vision board is like when you've put everything on this vision board the first thing is ask yourself why do why do i actually want that yeah is that for me or is that because i, I you know it's what like we were talking about earlier. Like, is that because you lacked money as a kid, so you couldn't buy that, so you wanted that pair of Gucci trainers? Like, because I always wanted a pair of Gucci trainers, but I figured out. I was telling you in the car on the way here. I was like, I figured out I only wanted a pair of Gucci trainers because I couldn't afford to buy them when I was a kid, mm. and it was just a, it was just a fear of lack, and that's why I wanted them. So I didn't really mm. want them. I just wanted them to say that I could have them. But, uh, yeah. but as long as I got the money there to buy them, I don't need to buy them to prove anything to anybody. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, that exactly. That, a lot of people are putting things on the vision board and things into and and thinking about things in their life. Um, that they want things because their peers or their friends or this that and the other they they want that stuff them. but it doesn't actually serve them yeah and that's very important a hundred percent just going back to the whole chick on the vision board thing it's really interesting you say that because I I remember the first time when I was like right I really want a girlfriend now I wrote down a, a four bit of paper and I had it stuck up in my bathroom and I had this really big mirror. Yeah. And I'd like write stuff out on on the mirror, and I'd like look at myself picturing what it would feel like. But I had a very very specific list of like all all those kind of checkpoints. Yeah. And um, actually, I'll tell this story because it's quite funny. Um, I remember I was uh, I was like I wrote down this list, and I was like, "Why the fuck is this not happening? Like, what's going on? This is really annoying me." And I was like on Tinder at the time, and I was like <laughs> swiping through. Yeah, yeah. This was I was like twenty one, twenty two, or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. This is when t- this is when Tinder was actually a con- was actually optimized for converting. <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, swiping, I was like, fuck's sake. And I was like, this this is a piece of shit. And I deleted it. And then and then maybe a couple seconds later, something in my head went download that again. And I was like, fuck was that? And I was like. Okay, <laughs> downloaded it, s- swiped, and I was like, oh, wow, this chick came up, and I was like, oh, nice. And, I swiped, and, I, and it was a match, and I was like, holy fucking shit. 
and I went through her pictures. I was like, holy shit. And I was like looking at my, like what I'd written down and I was like, what the fuck? And yeah. And yeah. This is bad. I was not. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, yeah, we had, we had a, an amazing relationship for, for a good number of years. It's amazing. I don't know what I'm more surprised about, the fact that you manifested this chick or the fact that you had an amazing relationship off Tinder. <laughs> I don't know what she yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just, it's so yeah. amazing to to be like that specific and then just keep, you know, know that it is going to come. Because now I've I've redone the list. Yeah. And it's now like two pages <laughs> yeah. of A4. Do you ever think of? Do you have a set of non-negotiables for business and life and and for relationships and all that stuff? Do you have a hundred percent? Yeah, yeah. Not so much. Um, I mean, it's really something I've thought about for a chick, like non-negotiables. Like, yeah, this is everything I do want, and this is everything I don't want. Yeah, yeah. That, because that, that's that, very important that to was eliminate. The, that was the part that I was missing. Yeah, because I, in certain areas of my life, I was writing all the things that I wanted. Business mm. mindset, relationship, um, you know, how I want to. I was, so I was writing everything I wanted and I was feeling into everything I want to feel, and mm. that was all great. But I wasn't writing what I will not accept. Yeah. And yeah. that is where everything that I was attracting was like kind of all right, but then there's a little bit wrong. And I was like, why is there a little bit wrong? It was like, mm. I felt that into that. But yeah, but, yeah, but you weren't writing what you didn't want. Mm. You weren't specific enough, and I guess. Yeah. So, so it's all about what won't you accept in your life mm. yeah because i don't know if you i don't know if you know this but the, but the um because of how the psychology of me, men and women have, have changed in society it's like 80 there's a, like t, t, there's like a 5 or 10% of the of the the top echelon of men mm. get get 80% of the women Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. So, yeah. so, 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 like, and and then the rest is just just like cleaning up scraps and all that shit. Mm. Be- and that's and that's just because of the female empowerment movement. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And how that and how, and how that's and how that's and how that's changed. I was reading a big big study on it. Right. And, and um, there was a uh, who oh, I can't remember the guy Reese Wabara. Well, what, he owns a, f- a fashion brand in the UK. Right. It, he was he was putting all the studies on his Instagram stories and I was reading through it and I was mm. like, fuck, that's so true. Mm. It's because it's because of how the psychology's changed. But it's, it's about not it's, it's 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 totally about having a list of things that you will not negotiate on in mm. in all areas of your life as well. Yeah, what you won't accept. It's actually it's actually the won't accept list that I've found mm. that actually allows you to pursue and go and find what you what you want. Yeah, it's really interesting now that we're we're talking about. That. I'm I'm thinking like oh, I should definitely do that in like my business and other areas because I've only yeah like I've I've written a very specific list down for stuff I do want in lots of areas, but not yeah. what I don't want. That's only for the chick list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, 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 it all starts off with a man yeah. who's trying to pursue things in business and life and and trying to do it. It all starts off with the, with the woman. What you won't negotiate with a woman. It all starts off with that list. Mm. Um, but it, but it needs to be in business. It needs to be on mindset. 100%. It needs to be. It needs to be in every area of your life. Mm. You have to say what you will not accept. Mm. And as soon as you define what you won't accept, I found that's when you get the freedom of clarity to go and find what you want. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's a very very true statement. And it's like, and what I haven't done that you've done, and what I want everyone else to do that's listening to this, that listened to you earlier, was the fact of like, 
you went through every business that you've had mm. and you've sat there and you've made a document of what you've learned in every area of your life. Mm. And that to a lot of people that listen to this will be like, oh, that sounds boring. <laughs> yeah, it might sound fucking boring, <laughs> but it's also going to save you a lot of fucking time and a lot of repeated mistakes. Yeah. So, so go and fucking do it. <laughs> like, cause I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to, I'm literally, when I, when I get back to the room later, I'm going to, I'm going to write down, right. Content removal.com. What have I learned from this? Yeah. Boom. You know yeah. what I mean? And write yeah. it all down because, because why wouldn't I do that? Oh, hundred percent. It's like you're mentoring yourself, which I found really interesting because all a mentor really is, is a collection of their past experiences. They look at your experience you're currently doing. They look at what they've previously done and go, well, I would do it this way. So why not mentor yourself? Because the amount of shit that we forget, but you're mentoring yourself because you're going, well, what did I learn? What would I do differently now, knowing what I know now? Now, that was a really interesting one because the amount of stuff, it like closes in. Closes the gap. The further you get down the list, it's like, yeah, the less less stuff I would have done differently because you, cause you were very naive at the start and you know a lot now. So you could have done so many different things to that business. And then the further down the list, you know, the closer to the year it is today, yeah. the shorter that list gets because you know You're refining. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, you're refining and if more. you and if you keep this list as an active list or an active document, you can mm. you can keep going back and seeing all the mistakes you've made. Yeah. It's it, what was the what was the key mistake that you'd you'd found because you did this all in one go, what was the key mistake you'd found in all the areas that kept you held you back? Uh I'm definitely I would need to read back over first to check it. Um, I think just like surface off the top of my head, shiny object syndrome is definitely a big one. Like taking on too many projects. We we were talking about this earlier, taking on too many projects at once and not giving full focus to something that you think could be really big. Cause you know, they say like, Oh, don't put all your eggs in one basket. They tell you that to keep your poor quite possibly that's you know that 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 that, that is a that is a learned mentality from school yeah it's a learned mentality from school Mm. all these say this this is this is price i'm glad you said that there are so many things there are so many things that we are taught at school money doesn't grow on trees Mm. bullshit statement what does it mean exactly all all the all the all these little bullshit statements yeah we're taught and they're subconsciously programmed into our mind to to lower our ability to creatively think Mm. to uh, to creatively think ourselves uh into into bigger and better opportunities for ourselves mm. 100% yeah, i believe it that. just cuz it just dumbs it down when you when someone says oh money doesn't grow on trees oh well i look out the window i look at a tree yeah well money's not growing on it yeah you're right yeah best but it's a hot, doing but, what i'm doing but it's a whole psychology <laughs> of that when when you say statements like money doesn't grow on trees and all this kind of stuff and like um there's like and and stupid things like people say like oh you know um there's no there's there's no happiness in money and all this mm. kind of stuff and money doesn't lead to happiness and all that stuff think about why you're saying that mm. the reason you're saying that is because you don't have the amount of money that you want and it's mm. and rather than thinking about actively thinking about going and, and creating more money and more abundance in your life you're shutting down your fucking freedom of thought by saying a bullshit statement that you never even created for yourself mm. that was instilled in you by your parents or your situation or your teacher or someone else who fucking who is also limited belief yeah and that and that is literally like society's going around saying these fucking bullshit statements that i and 
I've been guilty of this where I've gone through life saying these bullshit statements mm. and then and then um, it was Naval Ravikant mm. and people like that yeah. these massive massive thinkers mm. that founded like Asia, Angel Lists and things like that he's like question every fucking thing that you've been taught yeah question it all yeah. and when you question all these statements they mean fuck all yeah yeah it's just whatever you've attached a belief but to it but I find that the whole money doesn't grow on trees statement really funny because if you think about like a marijuana plant that is literally money growing <laughs> on a tree <laughs> like that's what i just so it's like yeah it is a true it it's not a true statement because when you think about it differently or think about yeah it's just funny i just find that but do you, do you but, but you are how you talk to yourself aren't you absolutely yeah so, and that, and that's that is a big thing that I've definitely caught myself lately because I'm like, oh, why are you feeling slightly off? Or what have you been saying to yourself? I wish you could re- like record it and play yeah. it back. That would yeah. be amazing. Um, yeah, Lucky and then when you, you catch yourself and yeah. you're like, ah, oh, interesting. It's like what we were saying earlier about like, okay, I'm feeling a certain way. I'm feeling, f- I'm in a funk. Sit down with a pen and paper, no other distraction, write out what you're feeling and then put why question mark and then go ask yourself why am i feeling like that and then you go the next level oh i think i'm feeling like this because my boss said blah 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 well why and then you like go deeper and deeper and deeper you yeah. peel the onion layers peel, away. peel the layers back yeah yeah and then the end one you're like ah shit that's way different to what i originally thought and then you're able to go well that was that's stupid i can fix that easy boom and then you and then yeah. you instantly feel better. I think a lot of these problems that people are facing, that even me and you face, or anyone that's listening to this face, is the fact of like whatever you answer the first why to is never your issue. Hundred percent. Yeah, ne- it's never your truth. Even the second and the third are lies that you mm. told yourself, and the and the and you've literally you think you feel a certain way because you've programmed yourself to think that you feel a certain way because of something else, right? Mm. But when you strip it back to like four or five whys deep, mm. why this, or because I feel this, why? Why do you feel that way? Because of this. Why do you think you, why, why? And you ask mm. and you're radically honest. When you strip it back to those yeah, three, that's three, thing, being honest about it. Yeah. yeah, radically honest, mm. like really fucking honest, even though it might cause you a bit of temporary pain, but that pain mm. saves you a shitload of work. 100%. Because what you'll see when you get to this fucking fourth or fifth why, as you well know, when because we both do it, it's like it, this, this takes away all your bullshit and allows you to see the real problem. And then you can address the real fucking issue. Yeah. You can move your life a hell of a lot further forward. 100%. Because you're now, you now treating the actual real issue mm. rather than you started off thinking you felt that way because fucking Sonia told you that you've that you were this this and this <laughs> Sonia's not even a fucking issue it's the relationship you had with your mum when you were a kid and she made you feel inadequate because she fucking did this and this to you mm. well maybe fix your relationship with your mum then yeah and then and then you don't have any more issues with any more Sonia's in the world because you fix your relationship with your mum yeah that's what people are not doing yeah yeah and and it is it is mentally tough to do that and sit down and do it. But the more times you do it, the, the easier it gets, which is really nice. Because the first time I remember, it was, it was through a Tony Robbins course that I learned that. And I was just like, oh, this feels weird. You know, you write a statement down after like the first why and you're like, yeah, that's probably it. And then you're like, oh, no, I'll do another one. 
Oh shit. Okay. Oh, okay. All oh, right. Here's the real issue. Fuck. Okay. Where, it's where, good. Where in your life have you used it and found out a com- a completely different? What was the issue you thought you had compared to what the issue you actually had was? Oh, that's a great question. I just I just seem to do it so regularly at the moment because I'm so very self-aware. Give me give me give, give me an example in your in your most recent history. I just want I just want the audience to get real context into into the depth. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Probably the one with the chick. So so, I think I've been f- thinking like, oh, I need to I need to have a girlfriend. Like I need to knuckle down and like get shit done. And I'm like, why? Why do I have anxiety towards that? Of like, it needs to happen like now, like, you know, this is a distraction. I'm like, well, why? Why is that? Oh, okay. Well, I feel like, you know, oh, that would really help me out in my business. Well, why? Why do you think that would help me out in my business? Oh, because then I feel like I've got another level of support. Okay. Yeah. Well, why do you need that extra level of support? You know, and then you're you're really kind of diving in. And you're actually like, well, actually, I'll probably just like need to give one of my mates a call or something like that. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. then it's like, okay, it wasn't even that issue that I originally thought yeah. at all. It's just actually, I'm, I might have been craving a bit of communication or craving a, a conversation with someone, you know, because when, when we're on our own working in yeah. a house all day long, yeah. unless you step outside the house and actively go and communicate with people, you, you, you're very isolated. You're extremely isolated, yeah. I'd speak to my team all day long, but it's not the same as having, you know, sat sat down having a in your own place, yeah, having a conversation with someone directly and getting into a deep conversation. Like, that is so different. But humans massively crave that. Yeah. And that's what I've been craving. Compan- that companionship, because you yeah. felt lonely, yeah. because you're trying to pursue this thing. And as you pursue... I, I've, I don't know if you found this, but as I've pursued this this podcast mm. and the online business, and you obviously pursued a lot of online businesses very successfully, but as you get further and further towards what that vision of success looks for you, it gets lonelier and lonelier and lonelier and lonelier mm. because you have to be selfish and, and stand out in, in what you're trying to achieve to get mm. to anywhere near the level you want to achieve in the fucking first place but that gets lonely and lonelier because there's less and less and less and less people you can speak to and relate to on that journey because they can't 100%. understand what that because you have to be so obsessed and selfish and everything else to get to to get to where you want to fucking get to mm. you know what I mean and then it gets lonelier and lonelier and lonelier the closer and closer you get to the pinnacle or what, whatever you think the first pinnacle is before you go on to the next one yeah it gets lonelier doesn't it that's what I've yeah. found yeah and it's weird because you can relate to less and less people so I, I I totally agree with that and I think that that's why when I meet other people who are, who have either you know are on the exact same mindset or are at a higher level, I'm so inquisitive because I'm like, this person gets me and I get them. So I want to, I want to learn and ask everything, you know, like, how did you get that? I'm not there yet. You know, like, do I want to learn everything. <laughs> do you know, I've asked a lot of people those kind of questions myself when I've been on like holidays as a kid and this mm. and the other. 
and I didn't realize until that until thinking about it just now when you ask those people those questions not many people ask ask these successful people those kind of questions mm. I didn't I didn't realize that like you because because yeah. common sense to me says they they must get asked this all the time yeah but when you when you when you ask these people like he's probably cleaned that 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 Rolls Royce there at that garage mm. sixteen hundred times and never been asked a question on anything. Mm. Bec- but 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 log- that's, that that doesn't seem logical to me. But it is. It's that's the truth, right? Yeah. The truth is that that and the reason I'm saying this is because like you've all got everyone who listens to this has got access to people with knowledge around them at a certain level that can help them move the needle forward in their mm. life. You've got access to that right now. At the end of this podcast, you can put your, you could get your phone up, go through your phone book and there's people that have knowledge a little bit more. And you only need someone who's one step further ahead of you, not five steps. You only need someone who's one step further ahead of you in a certain area that you want to improve. And you can ask their advice and they will give you it for free today. Right. Yeah. And the only difference between you moving forward or not is you being willing enough to put your ego aside to go and ask the advice. And that's what I've learned is like being able to manage the ego to be able mm. to say, hang on a minute. No, it's not. I want, if you go and ask that person a question. Yeah. Doesn't, don't be afraid to look stupid or this, that, and the other. Like just ask that person a question. Yeah, because you don't know everything. You know, I don't know everything. And, and I think, yeah, as you said, putting your ego aside and being like, well, yeah, no question is a stupid question. This is the thing. Like, it really isn't. It, that person is. It, you should. They should be rewarded for asking the question, no matter how. You know, if you do think it is stupid, but it's still not stupid because they yeah. are being inquisitive. They are trying to improve themselves and grow as a person. Well, essentially, they're only asking the question because they don't know the answer to the question. Mm. Well, you happen to know the answer. Yeah. Well, you didn't know the answer originally. You've had to learn the answer to the question before that. Yeah. Think about that. When that, that, that brings your ego back into check on everything you think about. If someone's asking you a question, yeah, it might sound simple to you now, but you didn't know that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. If someone asked me, if, 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 if someone came up to me and said, Frankie, how do you wipe your ass? It's like, well, that's simple. No, it's not. Cause someone taught me how to wipe my ass, right? Like you have to put it in the context. It's like yeah. no, someone taught me. I did not know how to wipe my ass one day, right? <laughs> and then and then my mum's taught me, and yeah. then, I'm like, thanks, mum. That's great. That's going to help me real a lot in life. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. But you think that's simple now because you do it every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, you've been taught that everything in your life you've been taught. Mm. So that brings me back to the point of like question everything you've been taught because yeah. it's not all it's not all right. Mm-hmm. But then also understand that when the people ask you a question. It might seem like a dumb question to you, but then relate it back to the fact of let's let's be real here. At some point in your life, you've been taught that. Yeah, yeah. That's it, and mm. then that keeps you in check. Mm. Now you're keeping yourself in check because I think the 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 when I speak to people like yourself, it's like ha, look how actively you're keeping yourself in check with the list that you run and the and the and the, and the analytic that you put analytics in mm. and frameworks into your life that mm. allow you to operate at the level that you operate. Mm. Whereas, whereas people that might have a little bit of success and then fall off and then have a little bit more success fall off, then that, that happens because of the lack of framework and the lack of structure. Mm. So that makes me think that I should have more structure, <laughs> which is funny. Well, I, I think there's there's some points in your life when you when you have to be more fluid, isn't there? Mm. But I think I think that I, I realised literally yesterday this dawned on me mm. that I am 
I've, I've felt a bit flatter in the UK than I do in Australia. Yeah, yeah. And the reason is because of the lack of structure compared to my life in Australia. Mm. So in my life in Australia, like I'll, I'll get up and I'll go for the walk and then I'll go gym and then I'll do my breath work and then I'll sit down for three hours of work and then I'll do this and I'll do this. And mm. It's all structured, mate. It's all planned yeah. out. Same, yeah. same every day, but I enjoy I just realised... I used to think I was boring because I did the same thing every day. Yeah. But I actually like it. Oh, 100%. Routine is just fantastic. <laughs> yeah, r- routine makes you so much more money. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like routine does. creates consistency. And that consistency creates the happiness because you feel like you're moving. Yes. That, yeah, you're progressing. That's yeah. that, that's something that fell in. Yeah. But I just want to dive into, I want to dive into some of these businesses that you've, you give me, so obviously, the first business that you kind of like built, what was the first business that you kind of like built and, and, and then actively went and sold? It was one, oh, actually no, it was before that. I had one called Buy, Sell, Shoutouts. Right. So this was like, Instagram was maybe two or three years old and um, they were called, I don't know if they're still called Shoutouts, maybe Sponsor yeah, Post yeah, now, maybe yeah, they're called. Yeah. Back in the day they were called shout outs where basically it was like you know you could pay to be on someone's instagram you know, story yeah, yeah yeah and i basically created like a network where i was the middleman effectively of contacting the people um you, you know on instagram who had big followings negotiating a price and then seo in that site um to then bring people in who wanted to buy a shout out on whatever niche page it was yeah so even like just before i sold it we had ludicrous on there which was sick it was just like a unreal thing to you got to, ludicrous on your shout outs yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can't remember how much it was i think it was like a grand shout or something anyway but yeah then i obviously used to just arbitrage it and make you know um, take take the middle amount for for putting two two and two together yeah so we had like an upload form you know you could put everything in and everything um so i built that up and and then I, I sold it. Yeah. And the reason why I sold it, and this is actually going back to that whole list I made of of like the different businesses and what I'd learned from it, I'd sold it because I was fearful of what Instagram was gonna update or bring in. I thought that they were gonna wipe out shout outs or like paid posts. So I fearfully sold it. Right, uh, and it's still actually live today. So someone's still running it. Whoever whoever purchased it, which is crazy. So, so you, I sold it way too prematurely because so it could have been. So you you found out then that you act on act on a bit of fear. I acted on fear, and yeah. you have to find out at that point where that fear comes from to be able to to be able to eliminate the fear, right? Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know where that. I guess. Uh, I guess actually, yeah, it was kind of the site was getting big, you know, at the time in terms of money wise, you know, it was getting, it was getting probably the biggest I'd, I'd like hit. What what kind of money was it hitting? I think it was like five to 10 grand a month or something. Right. And, and I was like, Ooh, this is interesting here. And I thought like, Oh shit, maybe, maybe, you know, Instagram are going to bring in like an update so oh shit! Maybe I could yeah. I could just sell it now for whatever the multiple was, ten multiple or some shit at the time. Now it's like nearly in the fifties multiples. 
that you can get for it, like monthly profit. And um, yeah, and then I remember I just sold it and I was like, fuck, <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. But yeah. <laughs> but it's, anyway, it's, it's, it, yeah. it's interesting, isn't it, how... What, because from that experience and from, from other experiences of buying and selling businesses, mm. you can now actively make a framework when when you're feeling good in your mind you can actively make a framework mm. of the do's and don'ts of buying and selling a business and, oh, then, and then when yeah. you think of selling one in the future you can go and look at your framework and see and if and see and actually act, actively question yourself 100% on on your decisions yeah and that's why a lot of these uh top people like yourself um have a have a framework that when they're when they're feeling good in mind and body and soul and all that stuff they make mm. frameworks for different areas of their life so that when they have to make decisions and they're feeling a bit stressed, they just refer back to the framework of when mm. they felt good, and they and they ascertain whether it's right for them to make that move, predicated on their own framework that they made when they were good. Yeah, that's and a I th- really good. I, th- show. I think that's yeah. a really powerful thing. Hundred percent. I think I've got a mental framework. It's not written yeah, down. Yeah, and and mental frame mental frameworks are are actually no good for you. Mm. Um, Whereas mental models that you put down on a piece of paper mm. that allow you to operate, they're the operating system you take out of your mind and, yeah. put, and put down on a piece of paper. And when you take that out of your mind and put it on a piece of paper and you go, yeah, that works for mm. me, then you can refer back to that because your mind can change, mm. which means you can change your model in your mind yeah. to suit how you're feeling. Point. So yeah. you could say, oh, I'll only mm. sell when it's at a million dollars re- mm. revenue per month. Yeah. But you could sell it at 500K because you changed the model in your head when you choose to yeah that's no fucking good for people very true yeah yeah and then i i remember we've had exits where we could have got a lot but then we've been too greedy and gone nah we can get more so so what what what, what give me an exit give, give me what was that website i can't say the name um it was a very large affiliate website yeah that, that we had and um what did you build up to revenue wise I never work in revenue. Revenue is a vanity yeah. metric. Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> Profit. Profit. It, it peaked at 225 a month. Pounds. Dollars. Yeah. US. Which was nice. Um, <laughs> so, so $225,000 <laughs> a month profit. One website. One. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then... Um, a month. You're a G. You're an absolute G. I love it. And then all SEO. That's why it's so profitable. Yeah, because you'd pump because your costs are here. Yeah, yeah, and your and your, you know, your revenues up here. I know. I so, know. so you know, it just goes like that. So oh, many, so like many, that. so many e-commerce guys miss SEO. Completely miss. All it. right, I was hoping we get onto this because yeah, so, it no, is so it's, it's so, so, it's I, so I just can't believe it. it. it There's just, so much money to be made. If it's you, just ridiculous. See, if I was going to set up a, an e-commerce brand tomorrow, the first person I would call up is I'd call you up <laughs> and I'd say, Tom, mate, break down how we're going to scale this thing. I want to scale the organic because yeah. because it's it, it's such a powerful, powerful, profitable tool to scale. Honestly, I don't know yeah. why. Do you know how many brands are three years old in e-com mm. that are still running on paid ads and oh, nothing else? And I that, know. to me, is fucking crazy. It. it Honestly, it blows my mind. Like the amount of businesses that we've analysed that are for sale, as I was saying to you earlier, and like if they're running purely off of paid, their actual margins are minuscule. But they might be saying on Instagram, "Oh, we're you know we're at fifty mil a year." I'm like, 
what's your profit? You know, yeah. they might not even be profitable. Because rev- like you, you're right in calling it, you're, you're right on calling me out on the revenue because revenue doesn't make a fucking difference. No, I because give a because revenue revenue what? is not important. It's how no. much profit you, but how much are you keeping at the end of it? Yeah, absolutely. And what's your cash flow? Cash flow and your profit. But but yeah, honestly, like it, SEO is like the should be the backbone of profit for an e-com company, and then anything over that, using that profit, spend that on ads. Right, but like, so if you're building an e-com brand tomorrow, yes. right? Well, I'm building one now. Printed memories. Yeah, you're building. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. building printedmemories.com, right? Okay, okay. So you put all your budget at the start into building the SEO. Yes. So in terms of marketing, yes, yes. your whole yeah, yeah, budget, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So what we did with this one, right, is we started the site way before the software was ready, because I wanted to age the website. I wanted to get the links coming in i wanted to build out the pages that i knew i was going to rank yeah before we even made the software because the cost associated with that is minuscule so that was like two years to age and rank and google start to go okay this website's all about custom gifts and photo books and stuff like that and then by the time the software is built yeah and now we're building out the landing pages and we're bringing in other products and stuff like that the website has like this solid moat around it of like it is now just in the perfect position to to explode. So you set up a store on Shopify, yeah? Is it is, is it through Shopify it, or different? I think it, we started on WordPress because I didn't want to pay two years worth of Shopify. So you build the assets out on on WordPress, mm. and then once you've once you've SEO'd it and got all that, you you then build it on Shopify, the main site, and then redirect the pages, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we yeah. built it out in the exact same way, which so transfers like the S- transfers the SEO value over to the to the Shopify website. So day yeah. one, when you start the Shopify website, the subscription that you're paying, da, 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 yeah, you've got this website that ranks. You've built all the backlinks to all the pages. You've stacked out your content, yeah, and you have got all your headers, your tags, all your all your keywords in the right areas. Yeah, your H ones, your H twos, all that shit bang you're off to yeah. races day one yeah and it and now when we're adding content to the site i'm like refreshing ahrefs each day and it's just like boom 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 and like it's what we call a ranking boner <laughs> where it's literally <laughs> just like the graph just goes like that yeah you know and it's like sick so so now google is really understanding that this site is is an authority in this niche which is great but obviously you know that's starting fresh there's so many e-com companies like like ridge wallet for example mm. they i think they did like 50 mil revenue but their profit is like very high because they've they've managed to do things in a very profitable way but i went on their website the other day in terms of seo it is like non-existent and i was just like how how are they making this much money and they don't have anything to do with seo but their site is pretty powerful because they've they've got a lot of free PR and they've also done a lot of influencers and stuff. So they've they've obviously had a lot of PR and had a lot of links. Yeah. But their site is not set up in the slightest for it. So at, so in a percentage wise, mm. brands out of a hundred percent, how many brands out of a hundred percent would be, and uh, what what percentage wise would be non optimal SEO right now? From your experience, off the top of your head, 
in Seven, terms of like it, e-com it, brands. It, no, it just, 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 yeah, e-com brands or brands that are, you know, turn on, turn online revenue and sell stuff online, how many of them aren't optimised for SEO? Is it 7 out of 10, like 70% or is I, it? I, it's a very high number. I mean, out of the ones that we've looked at that are for sale, yeah, yeah, at least 80% don't have any SEO. So 20% of them are maybe SEO. And when you're buying, and when you're, and, and when you're acquiring a business, like mm. you acquire businesses online, one of the key metrics for deciding whether you acquire that business or not is like, how much free cash flow am I going to get and profitability am I going to get from the SEO that the juice that this is, this thing's already got, mm. right? Yeah. That's one of the key metrics that you think about when you're paying a multiple for a website that you're just purchasing. You want to yeah. know how many months of free SEO traffic do I have to you know to and how much can I scale this SEO mm. to be able to go and make me more revenue right yeah and, and these websites don't have any but but and the only reason they're selling in this marketplace mm. it, these crazy multiples that they get at the moment is because of um you know because people you know people have this free cash flow to go and buy them but when we get into a more recessionary period the only ones that are actually going to be worth a money mm. are the ones that have the SEO value yeah, well, I think yeah, just a combination of all of them is is the best is the best thing. So like, you know, organic SEO, paid paid traffic, email marketing, maybe even SMS, but like having a well rounded thing. So if you imagine a pie chart, yeah. So the mistake that we've made before is it's a hundred percent SEO, big mistake because Google can come wipe you out at any moment. Yeah if you haven't built it quite in the right way or yeah. if Google changes they change their algorithm site and they go mm, we don't actually quite like this kind of site so much Yeah. so if you imagine it's a pie chart you know you might have 40% SEO 40% Facebook ads and then whatever the remainder is then split into other things or maybe even less than that 30% Facebook 30% yeah. Google ads 30% SEO in terms of like what your expenditure might be because then you're you're diversifying where your traffic is coming in from. So if one of the taps gets turned off or two of the taps get turned off, you've still got revenue coming in, you know that's that's profitable. But if you're purely reliant purely on Facebook ads, you know, and then the trend goes away, or you know, Facebook decides to up their CPA or you know up the ban your account yeah, or some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it, game over. Yeah, and you got to restart everything. So I would say SEO is like the perfect backbone. And I see so many companies I'm just like diving in on. And I'm like, you, you're you ranking like eighth for your main keyword. That doesn't take a lot to get you into the top three. And you could see a huge boost in profit. Like not just revenue, profit. Yeah. Because I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you about my website because I because I I rank I ranked like three or four for some good keywords. And yeah, I, and I don't reckon I'm far off ranking number one. No, because like the first first position gets like eighty percent or something. No, no it's, yeah. it's like thirty cent thirty six percent of the clicks first yeah. position. But then when you go down to fourth, I believe it's like six percent of the clicks. Yeah, that like of people landing on that particular search term on Google. Yeah, mad. 36% of people click the first one and then yeah like number four is like 6% or something so moving up from eighth which is like half a percent mm. to first it is a, the biggest increase ever especially if that's a you know that's got thousands of searches a month and you're suddenly moved up there and your cost might have been 
I don't know, a grand or two grand over the course of a couple of months. Yeah. And then you're now sat there and you're you're insanely profitable. So what I've found from my own business is the fact of like the clients that come through SEO are better clients than the clients come through paid ads too. Mm, interesting. Why do you think that is? Um, I, I don't know. I just, I just think the people that, that I just find that the time on site is longer. The, the people read more of the content and the people um, fill out more of the, 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 mm. the right forms and they, they book the calls better and they're just better people on the end of the phone. I've just found I think it. It's, I think it's because the the intent is there. Yes. So they are searching yeah, yeah. for content, content removal. removal. Yeah. Versus when you show someone a Facebook ad, yeah. you know, they could be, eh, shove this in your face. You're like, the, oh, the, I don't, the, I don't the, want to. The, the, sunglasses. The, prob- the problem when you bid on the word content removal <laughs> is like obviously you have to bid on that word because when you're when I'm running ads I have to bid on that word because it's the name of the website right mm. but um, obviously that means a lot of different things it could mean removing house content could be removing Facebook content could be removing mm. anything do you yeah. know what I mean yeah. so you get a lot you get a junk but you have to bid on your, your, your name mm. when, you, when you're running ads on, on that thing anyway but yeah it's, it's kind of there is there is a hell of a lot of difference I, I just see a massive value in it for, mm. for any business and and like you say a lot of these um a lot of these stores that are sold on the on the shopify marketplace or these marketplaces like flipper and that yeah when you actually rip out the backbones of the um of what you're actually getting mm. you're getting a website that's that's that that turns over a hundred thousand mm. dollars a week or a month or whatever you, whatever it turns over but the profitability of that is down because all your money spent driving that revenue that turnover is fucking facebook ads or tiktok or mm. any other. like there's a zero coming from email there's zero coming from seo there's zero coming from anywhere yeah. else anywhere else that's yeah. cost you that's cost you because because at the end of the day your whole role with an online business is like okay how can i make the average order value of that customer more. So mm. how can I acquire them? How can I acquire this customer and then sell them more fucking stuff mm. <laughs> essentially? Or how, you know, how can I bring, how can, how can I bring the cost of acquisition to that client down even more, you know yeah. what I mean? Or, or, yeah. or get, or, or sell them onto a subscription so that they're repeat revenue and mm. all these things that people don't think about, mm. you know, it's just so much stuff that people, people kind of forget. Everyone wants to start an online business, but there's so many ways to, what what I've learned with online businesses is like you you can have less clients then if you think about this stuff mm. and make more money hundred percent which means yeah. if you're serving less people and making more cash flow yeah to allow you to go in less aggro mm. yeah whereas most people who start in 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 online business or ecom or whatever you want to do they they want to sell one thing over and over again mm. and keep selling the sell this widget once, 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 once. Mm. I mean, I look at so many e-commerce businesses and they might be selling, there might be a one product store. Yeah. And I'll look at it and they'll be like, well, if I'm buying this one car chamois, mm. right, you could upsell me on the checkout of me buying this car chamois with the soap, with the with the rinse, with the this and the other, with another car chamois, da, 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 mm. or say I'm buying a face cream. If I'm buying one tube of face cream, Mm. On the back end of me clicking to buy that, you should offer me buy three for this price. 100%. Yeah. Do you know how many websites don't have a fucking upsell on the back end? Yeah, it's really funny that you say that. I had a, it I had pisses a, me off. <laughs> it pisses me off because... There's so much money left being left on the table. <laughs> yeah, it pisses me yeah, off. Yeah. When someone do, if someone is buying a fucking tube of face cream 
doesn't logic tell you that you should try and sell them a couple more tubes? So, yeah. so sell them free. If you're if they're if if you're selling a month's supply of face cream, doesn't logic tell you that at the checkout when they've put their credit card information in and when they're clicking to buy, shouldn't you logically try and sell them two more fucking tubes? Hundred percent, and or other stuff. You know, yeah. we have like quite detailed flows of post-purchase upsell. Yeah, where we're offering other other things that are genuinely going to make people happy. Yeah, which is great. So I love. That's the other thing about printed memories is. We're gifting. It, people are buying gifts, and the feedback that we get is so nice. Like, yeah. oh, my mum loved this thing. You know, it lit her up. You know, where we met, map. Like, you know, oh, my partner. You know, this is the exact street where we met, and it's so nice to read. I just, I yeah. just really like that feedback. But yeah, ultimately, that's the thing, isn't it? You're, you're, and you're giving people stuff at a discount as well, which is even better for them. So it's like a win-win-win. But, but, but a lot, but a lot of, um, I think so many brands miss the upsell. Yeah, from what I've seen, I don't know. Yeah, I've always had upsells on on mine. Well, actually, not from the start. But the ups the upsell not only serves the customer, mm. but it's it brings your cost of acquisition of the client down. Yeah, if you especially if you're driving ads, and I just think so many people kind of miss it out. Yeah, it's absolutely. A, it's an easy win every day. Yeah. Plus, just going back to the whole thing about SEO and like spending spending on ads versus SEO. Yeah, I see SEO as an asset. You're building an asset. Because you're acquiring more links, you're you're writing more content, so they are, they are, they are um, asset pieces of assets. Whereas with ads, you're spending a grand, you don't get anything extra out of it except for the clicks or the potential customers who yeah. come to it. Yeah, but you might spend a grand, you know, you got three, four, five links and a bunch of content that's there forever. You know, you could have a million people come to those five bits of content. But if you spent a grand on ads, that's just gone. Well, <laughs> it's like it's like say you um, say you build this asset over here in the beauty niche mm. to drive to your beauty website. Yeah, right. And then say you shut down that beauty website, you've still got that asset to drive traffic to another yep. website in the I, beauty niche. I'll tell you an interesting story about just exactly that. So I, you know, I said earlier I started the pro scooter company. Yeah. So I was like, right. I need to drive traffic to this because it's not quite working. So I built a separate scooter website and I basically had every single scooter product on there that you could buy and ranked every single page. And then I had a, this is out of stock product, put your email address to get notified. And then I put people into an email list and then tried to sell them on the product on my own product. And that basically started ranking really, really well. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. And then my friend at the time started um, Amazon affiliate stuff. And I'd, we'd never really looked at it because we were like, oh, it's like a few percent. That's crap for affiliate. Uh, and then he was like, oh, I'm earning decent money through it. So I was like, ah, what happens if I take out that email box and just put an Amazon button there instead? And then it links through to that exact product on Amazon. And then that started to make money. And I was like, oh, interesting. And then I scaled that out. And that was one of my biggest sales in the end was this massive scooter website that I had originally to drive traffic to my own um, website. Product. You, you have to ship and post and yeah, deal yeah. with all the inventory and all that stuff. And then you just switched it over to an affiliate website. So I sold, yeah, I managed to sell all the scooters that I bought, 300 scooters. And I was like, right, okay. 
let's bin that off. This affiliate site is absolutely blowing up. And that was like the start of all these big affiliate content websites that we built, ranking for like, you know, best electric scooter, for example. Yeah. And things like that. And then how many of these did you have? How many sites? Yeah. Well, that's when it got to like 40. (laughs) It just got absolutely mad because it was too much. There was too much going on. So you built out 40, you picked 40 different niches. No, somewhere in the same niche. And you yeah. and you and you built out and how big a website do you have to build to rank these affiliate websites? See, this is the thing. Then then building a site three years prior was way different to building sites then. So we're pumping loads of money, loads of like links, content into these new sites, and they weren't performing anywhere near as well as the previous ones. Right. So that was a big lesson as well. But they need to get to a certain size but you don't know how big it needs to get because there's a point where you create content, you build links for X amount of time, might be three months, might be a year, might be two years before Google then goes, they are now an authority site. And then that's when it just goes like way up. And you get the hockey stick growth that most people get on SEO, don't you, at that yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you never know when that's going to happen. Uh, you just have to keep you know, piling in. It's it's just compound of interest, basically. You're just compounding the links and the content. So, so how much do you think it would cost the average person with content writers and all the other stuff that they need to run this thing to get it to the point where it can hockey stick? Oh, it really depends on the niche and the keywords you're going after. Like, because if you go into the finance... That's, that's niche, really expensive. Yeah, you're spending a lot per link. Um, but if it was like, I don't know wooden tables and it was in the UK specifically you might only need to create 50 articles and and have like 50 links for example yeah um so it's so it's so different so dependent on what the market you're going into yeah yeah because ultimately like niches that are much harder are more expensive because the payout is bigger yeah so it's it's just kind of figuring out the right the middle ground. Well, Fred Shabesta, who came on this podcast, he owns finder.com. Okay. I don't, don't know if you know him. No. But finder.com, um, they're basically a price comparison website for like mm. mortgages and credit cards and all this, that and the other. Um, and they, before they started finder and, and went into it big on the affiliate thing, mm. that Fred, Fred had like credit card comparison or whatever it was called. Right. Some some comparisons like for credit cards. He just did credit cards. And he just had a certain amount of credit cards, mm. and he built an affiliate site for credit cards and, and coined in massive commissions off off that back in the day. Nice. So do you think? Do you think that the would you? I mean, look, if if you were someone listening to this podcast and you wanted to create a, another flow or, or a flow of online income, what would what would be the fastest? And Google ads. Google ads. Yeah. <laughs> before you even finished <laughs> I, was, I, 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 I would do google ads yeah because it because of the speed you'll quickly be able to figure out if what you're going into is going to be profitable or not that's the thing you don't find out with seo you find out in six months a year two years time yeah when you're starting to rank for it oh people aren't actually buying that or yeah. i've got the wrong product or yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. um but with Google Ads, you're very quickly able to figure out the right wording, 
how your landing pages, you know, you can test out different landing pages. Yeah. And you because you're bidding on the exact words that you would be yeah. ranking for. And it's the easiest ad platform in the world. It is a piece of piss. Like any <laughs> like you, you I don't like I understand if you're a real high brand and you're managing hundreds of different SKUs and all this kind of mm. stuff that you why you need a Google Ads manager. But really for someone who's testing a few different pages and that yeah. you don't really need a Google Ads manager. You can literally do it yourself. hundred percent. Because I literally so so I've been asking people lately like what is a very profitable traffic source or like you know how did you build your website blah, blah, blah. and with ecom when there's search traffic behind a product which is the only products we're going after they're saying like um, google shopping being a, a huge one so i've been like right i don't know anything about google shopping i've never really touched google ads i bought a course on it spent about four or five days going through this course and it's now like well that's very simple like negative out the keywords continue to optimize and yeah and then and and, and scale that's literally that's, like, that's literally what i did so i was i was getting loads of these people to do my google ads and then i realized they're all fucking useless so <laughs> so so yeah. like so i'm like fucking hell i don't really want to get back in the weeds but i'm gonna to have to on this yeah if i don't because what i realized was before you should outsource anything, you should understand the fucking thing yourself, right? hundred right? percent. And this is, I'm like, you're, yes. a, you're a yes. dumb fuck, Frankie, for doing that. Like, no, I'm, everyone I, does it. We I've all, done it we, recently we, with this exact yeah, thing with Google Ads. That's why yeah, I dived in on it. I, I'm like, mate, in le- and guys, until you've learned something yourself, you should never outsource it. Yeah. Like, you, if you've got an e-commerce brand and you're learning Shopify and this and the other, learn Facebook ads and learn, learn, your ad, learn, learn your ad yourself before you go give it to someone else. 100%. Because otherwise otherwise you can't you can't then refine and reflect on what's being done for you either. Yeah. So it makes it really hard to become even more profitable than what you are. So I, yeah. so so when I was doing my Google Ads for for content removal and that and refining the different markets that I was in at the time and this and the other blah, 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 it's just like learning all these things like negative keywords and this and the other and 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 tracking uh, the tracking pixels and mm. all that kind of stuff and putting in all that stuff it's like it's once you learn all that stuff tracking yeah. ids and all that stuff and putting it on the pages and putting the right code on like when you start to learn that yourself you start to really start to so you can tell that now i now I, i'm not going to be an expert i'm not going to be as good as the as the google ad guy that's done it for five years mm. but i know when the google ad guy that's done it for five years is bullshitting me yeah right and that and that, that's massive yeah, yeah, and yeah that's yeah. fucking massive when you're 100%. in online business you need because every fucker's trying to bullshit you when you're online every <laughs> fucker's trying to like people like oh i want to start an online business frankie what should i start i'm like mate how about you fucking start by by having a go yeah absolutely i mean at least knowing like the basics so that yeah you can know if you're being ripped off or not I think that that's such a such a big thing but definitely the biggest wins that I've had is like me learning it in detail first yeah learning how to grow it and then systemizing it and then giving it to my team yeah because everything is laid out as so it's a SOP so a standard operating procedure and it's like video number one you start here because I'm a big believer in show me tell me as opposed to just read and try and do yeah or even what, what we used to have when we used to have pe- person in office is if they're looking over the shoulder and you're showing them for an hour they're gonna miss so much stuff and then they're gonna come back to you 
to ask you every questions. half hour yeah. and ask you questions, which is going to break your flow, which then makes you less productive. So you may as well just film it once, break it down into segments, yeah, and then they can rewatch that video a thousand times. Pause exactly. Oh, that's oh, he did that. That's where he clicked. Okay, sweet. Do now you, I don't need to ask him how I did it. Do you know what I did? That, that was a game changer for me. You know how there's lots of these SOP platforms and they cost like ninety nine dollars a month. Right. I thought, fuck that, $99 US a month for a fucking SOP platform. So what I did was, I thought, how can I do this? I thought, Teachable. You set up a free account on Teachable, right? Mm. A free account. Call it your company name.teachable.com. Ah, oh, right, yeah, right, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I screen record videos of yeah. me doing every action mm. and I put it into fucking units in Teachable. Yeah. And I built out over time a, a, a system and processes work and scheme. Yeah. Of how I do every little part of yeah. of my business and how I how I, how I would tackle certain bits of content, how I'd think about certain problems. Right now, I've got a system. Now you can pass it off to anyone. Now, now anyone can do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it's even like you could even film, like, say you were doing your accounting and stuff like that, or mm. say you were doing. Blah, blah, blah. You could film it, screen record how you do how you do that, and how you do these transactions, blah blah blah, and how you invoice and all that stuff. You film it, screen record it. You upload your screen recording straight into Teachable, right? And then and then you just give your staff or people log into the Teachable and then yeah. they can just go through that course inside Teachable. It's an internal mechanism that you can put together yeah. that you can give to your staff. It's th- you can either get it for free or thirty nine dollars a month, mm. boom, if you want to brand it, boom, boom, boom. And then you got you dash your internal operating mm. system now. So you build your operate but here's here's the thing, right? There's two things to this. Mm. Think about this, right? You build this so you've got your operating system for your business why you want to run a business. Yeah. Then you fuck off the business. Then you can sell the system as a course to mm. operate a business in that niche. Yeah. Right? You've got two things. Yeah. And that's the yeah. way I thought about it. So you invert- 100%. You, so, so I'm inadvertently building a course on how to do this. Yeah. Right? So when I fuck this business off over here, if I, sell, if I want to ever sell this, this, this cash generator over here, mm. um, you can, you've got a course here as well. Yeah. And it's yeah. automatically built on the back end of you doing it anyway. Mm. So there's no extra time. Yeah. And I love doing things with where there's no extra time involved because mm. then because then I'm at, then, then I'm like there's no extra time. I'm literally doing this anyway. I, I might yeah. as well screen record it 100%. and talk about what I'm doing it. And as yeah. I'm as I'm talking about why I'm doing it, I understand better ways of how to do it myself too. Absolutely. And the amount of times I re-record stuff, like I filmed something the other day, and I was like, "This is thirty hours on uh, thirty minutes on how to interlink. Like this should be a five-minute video." So I just ditched it off and redid it, and I was like. Yeah, that's way better. Because yeah. you're then, as you're going through it, you're like, oh, there's a better way I can do this. Mm-hmm. You just instantly find it. You're like, delete, redo. And that's what most of my, where most of my videos are inside my internal stuff. is like three to five minutes long. Yeah. Because yeah. when you bring in on other people on the boat to do certain things in certain things, their, their attention spans only three to five minutes anyway. Yeah, 100%. You can't have yeah. 15. You don't need... This is why courses that teach content in like half an hour and hours and bullshit like that it's mm. just like mind-blowing yeah because a podcast you can listen to and consume for like for we've been going an hour 45 now but like this will be a two-hour podcast you can mm. consume that you can be doing lots of things and consume that yeah but a video difficult yeah difficult yeah well when you're trying to learn directly from someone actually showing you yeah i definitely need to shorten down the length of my videos well it's or speed them up it's it's it's, it's, it's a case of like because they, I like to make videos that you can directly record and then directly action. Mm. Mm. 
and it's that's that's a great but it's great for anyone who's got a business out there to systemize it because then the system that you've got that you build is not a waste of time because you can sell the system as a course once you exit the business and it saves you so much time like our content writers for example we've got the whole thing sop'd out and all we have to do is send them one link and they have everything and like the new team member we took on the other day she yeah i caught, caught up with her two days later and she was just like amazing i've learned so much it's like so well laid out I, I like i don't have any questions i'm just doing and i'm like oh <laughs> fantastic that, and that, 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 <laughs> that's what we that's like that's how it should run yeah what was your what was your in, out of all that 16 obviously you don't have to name the website or anything but what was what was the most you've sold sold a, uh, a business for was it like seven figures or like uh the highest one i think was 780 might have been 680 or 780 i think yeah 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 but Not, then we had but, yeah but what what so this is why I say don't fully rely on Google. Right. We had a site that was up for 4.8 million. Yeah, and this um uh what do you call it investment company, they had 200 mil euros to spend. Right. And they were looking for content sites. So we were like, sweet. They did 3 months of due diligence. Yeah. And then the day before they put in their offer, the site tanked and it had been there for five do you think they're behind that though because that's a bit freaky in it no because they pulled out after right so they you know they did they obviously didn't want to buy the site yeah um but it had survived so many updates and it had just continued to to build on updates yeah because of the way that we'd built the site so there was a google algorithm update and your 4.8 million dollar website went from to, to 680 no 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 that was a different sale yeah yeah. Um uh yeah, it dropped ninety percent overnight. But it's because of the type of website that it was. So it's very, very different to e commerce. Like full affiliate, best reviews website, which Google basically just came along and they're like, ah, we don't really like best review sites anymore. So yeah. And that was it. So you you were one day away from selling one website for four point eight million US. Yeah, and you, well, they, I don't know what their offer would have been, but yeah, it would have been. It would have been millions. It would well, it would have hopefully been around that. Well, hopefully, I don't know. <laughs> I try not to think about it anymore. But well, that's why I say don't fully rely on Google. But when you build an a an affiliate website, so different to a e-com site because an e-com site is a proper company behind it you are the company the company is yeah. the website yeah versus an affiliate site is not necessarily there's not really much like company information on there you know versus yeah. like an e-com site is yeah you have a yeah. full payment processor and everything like that so the likelihood of you getting wiped out from seo is minuscule in comparison yeah. so that's why i'm like okay let's do full switch over to e-com go back to the roots you know and and build from there because the you know as i was saying you know you move from eighth to first it's just astronomical difference so you've gone back to a game where you can win on win on smaller margins by making smaller leaps essentially is what you're saying where you, where you can pick up a pick up a brand at number eight and take it to number one and you can make a mass amount of revenue in that period 
from just making a small amount of changes that's easy to you from your skill set yeah 100 percent. so from like a consultancy point of view yeah that's what i would that's what i would do um but with my own site yeah yeah like we are very very specific with the products that we're ranking and i know the sites that i want to go after yeah i've seen one of the one of the sites sell for like 380 mil or something and i'm like i can outrank them so i'm like you sold no no i've seen a site sell for 380 for 380 mil and one website yeah and i'm convinced i can outrank them in google so i'm like okay here's my blueprint now let's reverse engineer how that's you know how they've kind of built that yeah and then add another layer of things that they're not even doing because they're like a big elephant site you know like it looks like utter shit how long will it take you to outrank a 380 million pound website i've got a six-year time frame for that because there's there's it's not just the case of us outranking them like we need to bring on the products we need to scale the team up to that point so i think it would take that long and in between now and six years time when this happens mm. what's how many staff are on the bus by this point and how and how much you know how you know how, yeah how much how much how many staff and what's what infrastructure is in place to allow that to happen i don't know it will just come that's the thing it will just as we get bigger and bigger because this is the thing I've learned as well as I want a lean team. Yeah. That's why we've only got seven people at the moment, six or seven or eight, whatever it is. Um, and then as we start to grow, we go, oh, we're getting we're getting to maximum point for, for example, like support team. Yeah, we need to take two more people on. Yeah, now right, go through all our SOPs. Boom, within a week you're fully proficient. So it's just scaling up you know oh seo might get that big okay right now we need more link builders okay sick go for our sop boom all right you're plugged in oh pr team's getting ooh, all right and more there and it would just kind of that's why i don't know how big it's going to get because i don't know you just, you just how many people yeah. we might need at each point but, but it will grow into that but you're just you just you just want to run it as lean as possible for as long as possible yeah 100 yeah. percent. i don't really want to sell it i want yeah. i want a company that is going to be around for 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 years right which is fun so how's your mindset changed in terms of time horizons to allow that 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 long outlook then is it just a case of like now instead of looking like one to two years or 12 to 18 months ahead you're now looking like five to ten years yeah because i think when i was like 16 17 i had a very very short like um time frame for for things that i would set up and run like all right i'm just going to take a punt on this let me try it like for example i was 17 and dropped out of college after three months and my mum was like you need to go get a job and i was like i don't want a job <laughs> so i started developing iphone apps I'd, it was when like the first iphone came out and i was like oh iphone apps that looks cool so i just taught myself c plus plus like to code and then, <laughs> this is not a funny little story actually. There was the number one app store or app at the time in the store called Brain Tester, and I don't know if I should say this, but um, I basically built my own one, right, and called it Brain Tester Two, because right. I was like, ah, oh, you know, I could do that. 
I'm 17. You know, I don't really think about re- repercussions of anything. And um, and it went up to like, I think it was second in the App Store, but I think, it, let's just say it was top five, top five in the App Store. And and it was doing like £750 a day in revenue. My dad was like, oh shit, like in 30 days time, you know, you could buy a Lamborghini. <laughs> and and it was just like <laughs> such a weird, surreal thing. Yeah. And then like on day three, I got like a uh, a court notice from this American company who obviously owned Brain Tester. Yeah. And um, uh, and I was like, oh fuck! It's like the end of the line. Very short, you know, time horizon for it. And um, and I actually, uh, in the end, my dad was just like, look, just just take it down. Like, do not get involved with U.S. law or anything like that. Very sensibly. But I actually emailed them back and said, well, I'm going to take you guys to court because you have actually copied another website. So they basically found this website that had like a brain tester type thing on it, ripped the entire thing and made it into an app and their app was number one, right? right? And I emailed them saying, you're not even the same company. You've straight ripped that. So, you know, if you if you want to get funny with me, then, you know, look at this. And within the week, they changed their entire app, just gone and did, did a full unique one. I was like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> So they'd copied it off someone else anyway, and they were number one in the app store at the time. That's mad, isn't it? When you think about it, but that's but, but, but some some of the best things that you'll ever do in your life um, are iterations of other people's things too. Yeah, you don't need to reinvent the you wheel. Don't, yeah, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. But if you were someone who's going to start, if someone listening to this who who's literally going to start on online, and I know you, I know, I know you said the traffic source would be Google, but if you were someone who's going to start online and mm. turn their first dollar of and looking to turn their first dollar of online income, where would you start? Would it be affiliate? Would it be e-com? Where would you start? I wouldn't do e-com because normally you have to buy the product. I would probably, I'd I'd run traffic to a landing page. So I would probably, I'd probably do Google Ads in combination with probably like an affiliate offer, I reckon. Yeah. Where you've created the landing page, so you have written the copy, you understand copy. So many things you can learn off of that, just like Google Ads plus an affiliate offer. You learn copywriting, you learn persuasion, you learn the offer, you know, you learn how to do Google Ads, you know what's successful, you know what's not successful. You do have to start off with a budget, for sure. Yeah. Maybe like one or two K to really get going with something. But you'll learn an incredible amount from that. And that's yeah. better than buying or going to uni, I reckon, in my opinion. <laughs> do, you know, do you If I was going to go after an, a niche myself now, and I was start going to turn turn my first dollars online, I would pick an affiliate system that paid a high amount of money, mm. like credit cards like crms like mm. these other things i would pick those kind of things i'd build out a click funnels page like you said with copy educating mm. them on why why on the three types of crm i would um i'd find out a way i could collect an email on that page as well mm. right so that i'm running ads so that so that i'd, I'd have a uh a set of follow-up emails set up. Mm. So I'd collect their, I'd, I'd pay to acquire their email mm. 
and then follow up and sell. And if they didn't buy the CRM off the back of the upsell page, mm. I would then sell them the CRM through the email sequence. And I, yeah, that's what I would do. That's a good way of doing it. There's so much to learn. There is a lot, but like, but, but, a, but 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 yeah. the reason I say do that is mm. because why do I say do that, and why why am I adding that to what you've just said? It's because of this: what you learn in there, you learn how to write sales copy. Yep. You learn how to build a landing page. You you learn into you're building a, you're building a list of emails. Yeah. You're learning how to write copy to write email copy, right? And then and then and then you're claiming you're getting a fifty percent commission on a lot of these deals. Yeah. On, on on CRMs, credit cards, and all that stuff, on the sign up. Because and and you've just got a fully you all this even if that fucking fails mm. you've learnt so much or learnt different parts you might have to refine that won't yeah. f- if you get every part of that right it won't fail me and you both know that mm. but even if you learn even if you became a fantastic copywriter but you're but it's not the right thing mm. you still learn how to become a fantastic copywriter and now you can yeah. sell cop you can sell copywriting to people a hundred percent so it's like there's a lot of learning in that I think that that's the other the other skill actually is although like. I mean, the whole, like, agency model has just been rinsed. Yeah. Like, spending other people's money to learn is a great way to learn. Like, in a a bit more of a selfish way. But, like, yeah, if you you were going to go, right, I want to learn Google Ads, the best thing to do is to learn it with someone else's money and someone else's business. Yeah. Because then you have no upfront capital. You just sweat equity. Yeah. And then you can then learn what's what's working and what's not working yeah. without having to do that. And then you have a skill that then you can then replicate into other things. Or that business, you know, you bring success for that business owner. They then say they're going to know five other business owners who might want the same service. Yeah. And that's how you could build something up. That's probably what I would do actually thinking about it. What the agency model? Yeah, I, f- I feel so like that's probably it, it, quite. It's probably it's probably way. it's probably the fastest way to to. It, I mean, look, if I was going to set if I was going to set up a agency, the the only agency I'd set up is e commerce ads. Mm, interesting. If I was going to if I if I if I was starting again tomorrow and I was setting up an agency, I'd I'd, I'd run e com ads mm. because because it's 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 being a media buyer for e com. It's clearly defined in the numbers. Mm. You know, as you go along, that as you scale more profit, you can. You know, you can clip more money. Mm. It's just, it's just a simple, simple. Yeah. It's a simple model. It works. Yeah, I wouldn't scale any other agency. Any any creative agency, I wouldn't go near it. No, because creative lowest, like so many, I just wouldn't go near it. It's too mm. many. You have to employ too many people. I have too many outsourcers. All this mm. shit, it's just annoying. And it's not in like ecom ads. You can scale the fuck out of that, mm. and it's really profitable. Mm. If I was going to go into one thing from an agency point of view, yeah. It's really interesting. Possible. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably, I'd probably do Google ads. I reckon. Yeah. If I was to, if I was to do it over again, because yeah, learning that, learning that in combination with landing pages, oh, you'd be a beast. <laughs> you'd be unstoppable. Yeah. I, I, I just, I just think stacking the, these skills, yes. the different skills, yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is what's more important. Like, 100%. essentially, when you're starting any earning your first few dollars online, mm. essentially, it doesn't really matter. It's just about like it was the unhappiness of being a car. Not, not, no, I didn't have unhappiness being a carpenter and joiner at the time. I was, I was happy being a carpenter and joiner, but the fact that I was swapping my time for money really yeah. pissed me off because I'm like, mate, you're, <laughs> you're, you are more into, you, you, you know, you, you, it fucking pissed me off. I'm like, why are you doing this? It's stupid. Yeah. It's a stupid, it's a stupid idea. You don't, you, but, you, but, but it's a stupid idea. But mate, what are you doing to educate yourself in order to learn the skills needed? 
to do it. Ah, absolutely fuck all, Frankie. Well, that's why you're still a carpenter mm. then, in it? That's why you're still a carpenter. Mm. It's because you haven't took any action on, like, you're not learning out when you get home. Yeah. You, you, you're out over here trying to date this chick or whatever you're trying to do. Yeah. But you're not, but that's where you come into the skill stacking. It's like you, you said on here, you bought a course. I mean, fuck me. You so, you've bought, you've bought and sold and acquired and built 16 fucking companies. Mm. And you're still telling me that you bought a fucking course to learn Google Ads the other day? Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, like a week and a half ago. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah. that 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 tells you. And and here's someone that's earned millions and millions of dollars <laughs> online and and turned over bank. Funny, and, do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. got property and all this shit. And like you're telling me that you bought. It's like that's you have to be in the constant pursuit of being a white belt in whatever you're doing because when you're 100%. a white belt, you keep learning, you keep learning, yeah. you keep learning. Absolutely. But the one thing I want to finish on with you mm. is like, if there was, if you have to check out the planet tomorrow and there's one piece of golden advice that you can, and wisdom you could just impart on the world, the one thing that you wish you'd been taught that's that would make everything else easier, what would it be? I think find a mentor or learn, learn from someone who's already done it first who you could actually, I guess, verify if they'd actually done it, not like an online guru. Because some of the information that I've had from people who I would consider a mentor has been like such a massive turning point. Like I had two very specific questions um, and and I, I went to, to, to a guy to ask him about it and that just honestly totally moved everything in a total different direction. So it was, it was basically, when should I invest in property? And I've got this business plan. When should I, like, I guess exit out of it or, or stop doing it or whatever? And he basically said, invest in property when you have excess capital. Don't do it before you have that, number one. Then the other one was, rinse that business plan for every single penny and when that's done then move on to the next thing which is exactly what we did and and that did extremely well so i only invested in property when i had excess capital and we absolutely rinsed the affiliate model the content affiliate model for for everything and now that it's burnt now that it's done okay now we're moving on to the next thing but I actually saw the writing on the wall before it was coming. Yeah. So started other things prior. Yeah. To line that up. Yeah. So I would say that find find someone who has done what you want to do already. Yeah. And that's very easy to do. For example, my first story at the petrol station. Random guy with a nice car. Go ask him. Here's the position that I'm in. What would you do? And that the likelihood is that person will give you so much time of the day because if you're a passionate individual and they can see that you genuinely want that information from them or that you'll genuinely act on it, they will absolutely give you the time of the day because a entrepreneur always enjoys helping other entrepreneurs. I love it. So that's I what it. I would say. And that, my friends, is Thomas Phillips. Mega, that was awesome, and, mate. Mate, I really appreciate your time on that. There's, there's a lot. I mean, I, I thought we'd when when I obviously you think I don't plan these podcasts and how they're going to go, but mm. 
I didn't imagine we'd dive into so much manifestation and so much vision board stuff and all that stuff at the start. Yeah. But I think you, if you guys listen to that and, and have got to this point, and I appreciate you getting to this point, but it's like, do me a solid favor. Yeah? If this has added the value that I, I believe will add to your life, you know, go and, go and share this with a friend, leave a review on, on Apple, drop me and Tom, Thomas a message like that. That would, that would mean a lot to me and hopefully it adds a lot of value to your life, mate, because it's, it's changed a lot of my perspective on a lot of stuff in my head, let me tell you. So I really mm. appreciate your time, mate, and I hope you've enjoyed it. Oh, mate, always love it. Excellent. Much love, mate. Thank you so and much. Guys, like, subscribe, share it with your friends. Much love. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee Podcast.